I can control coming into the day with a sense of self-possession, a sense of self-directedness, a sense of agency, and instead of being so reactive, a sense of being proactive. Like, okay, this is the things I'm gonna try and go after today, and I'm gonna be open to whatever else comes. Hey everyone, I'm Annie Dickerson, and on behalf of the entire Good Egg Investments team, I wanted to welcome you to this episode of The Life and Money Show, the show where we talk about everything from investing to financial freedom to parenting, traveling, creating a life by design, and everything in between. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Susan Elliott. Susan, how are you today? I'm doing really good today. I really appreciate our guest, Cara, we had on today because she took us down memory lane a little bit. And sometimes it's nice to go back and appreciate like where we've come from in this journey of living a life by design and the progress we've made and really see that we are making progress in lots of different areas of our lives. So I'm feeling like really proud of myself for where I'm at today. I'm really yeah. excited about the changes that my life just naturally unfolds, naturally makes and where I'm going. Yeah. But that's taken a lot of intention as we reflect yeah. upon with Kara today and mm -hmm. talking about just navigating burnout. I think that that was like a key stone feature of my previous where I was and how I've gotten to where I am today. Yeah. Have you ever experienced burnout yourself? I have. And it took me, as I mentioned today in the show, it took me months, if not maybe a year or two to figure out like, oh, mm -hmm. I think I might be burnt out. I think that this is because all of the signs were pointing to the, like me doing everything right. And like it kind of pivoted around career and stress and anxiety, which are just insidious, like little low level things that turn into chronic things. And Kara mentions just a great way to start to recognize that you might be at a point in your life, whether that's burnout or not, but you just kind of want to reassess like you're not living this life you maybe thought you could be living. It can happen so slowly over time that you don't even recognize that it's happening, just like the frog yes. being boiled in water. Yeah. I love that analogy that yeah. you mentioned. So I do think that I've been burnt out and it took me the life event that helped me transition was that I had my second child, my son, and it allowed me to take space. It was a forcing function. I went on to maternity leave, but by the time I went on to maternity leave, I sort of knew that I needed to make a change and that allowed me to have the space to think about it. So I wasn't just like running doing, I have to just keep doing this and feeling like I was in that time scarcity place. But the maternity leave really helped me to be able to do that. And I ended up taking an extended maternity leave and leveraging some cool things that we did on our property to continue our income. And it allowed me to be here at Good Egg. And honestly, like I didn't know it then, but what I really craved was like, I've heard this thing where people talk about their work doesn't feel like work, but I don't even understand what they're talking about. <laughs> I don't think that's possible at all. And so to be able to come to a place where I can feel creative, where I can feel helpful, where I get to talk about something I'm passionate about, I'm like, oh, I think that this is what the people were talking about. Like, this is the feeling <laughs> that you might get on the other side. And so it's really nice to reflect on that and see the progress ahead of me too, the potential, the exciting things that I could be doing with my life as I continue yeah. to reflect on what brings me the most meaning. But how about you, Annie? Tell me about how you feel about burnout. I've probably looking back like the frog in the water that heats up. It's hard to know that you're at a point of burnout when you're going through it. But looking back, I've probably gone through burnout 
more times than I care to admit in my life. I mean, even as a in high school, I think I oh, yeah. out. I was valedictorian. I was studying all the time. I remember to, crying in tests oh, yeah. because I wasn't yes. prepared enough. Oh yeah, my gosh, I just forgot about that. Burnout. off my friends and then on to young professional, um, not knowing how to say no and taking on a lot more than I probably should have to please other people, to try to get a promotion or a raise, to get the good graces of my boss and having a bigger workload than I probably should have. I remember at one point in one of my jobs, I bought myself a cup with like a water bottle, the kind with a straw, because I was so like my hands were on the keyboard or the mouse all the time. I couldn't even be bothered to have enough time to take to pick up my water bottle to unscrew the cap and to take a drink of water. So I literally did not drink water all day. And I was like, this is a problem. But (laughs) I didn't think I'm burnt out. I thought, solve the problem by buying myself a better water bottle. Like that's what your mindset is. Mm -hmm, You barely mm -hmm. have the space to, you're just solving one little problem at a time. And since we've started this business, I've gone through burnout a number of times and it's been really tough when you're building a business. The more work that you put in, usually the more the business thrives. And so there is no ceiling. It's not like when you clock in, clock out. It's like you can always do more, more, more. So that's what I elected to do is always more. And I remember for months at a time, these patches where we'd all sit down to have dinner as a family. And then I'd go right back to work. And the kids would be like, can we play? Can you do bedtime tonight? Can you read me a story? I'd be like, no, not tonight. For months at a time, months at a time. And it felt even worse because here we are, we're preaching this life by design, create a life by design. And I felt like such a contradiction for a long time. It was really, really hard. And to look back and to see, oh my gosh, I was burnt out. I didn't have that same zest for creating the stuff that makes good egg, good egg. In those times, I was just blinders on going, trying Mm -hmm. to knock out the next few things on my plate. And it's tough. But you know what I love about Kara and her work and her book is that she offers people a way out. She shows people little things that you can do if you're in that space and you're stuck, little things that you can do to start to reintroduce the light back into your life. And so that's a big part of what we talk about today with Kara. But first, for our um, listeners, if you're in a place where you are stuck, you're feeling burnt out, and you want to figure out how to create some passive income in your life so that you can take the pressure off of your job as your sole source of income and have additional streams of income, real estate can be a really great way to do it. Now, you can obviously, you can do it through um, investing in rental properties, but that often takes a little bit more time and effort. And so that's why a lot of people love passive investing through real estate syndications, which are group investments. And that's what we specialize in. So if you're curious or you're interested, a great place to start is our Start Here page. So you can go to goodegginvestments.com slash start and learn all about passive investing and whether it's right for you, whether you're burnt out and this might be a path for you to get out of that, or you're just curious about how to build wealth for your family. So goodegginvestments.com slash start. All right, with that, let's go ahead and dive into our conversation with Kara 
Hoosier. She's the author of Burned Out to Lit Up. Here's Cara. Cara, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. It's so lovely to be here, Annie and Susan. Awesome. We're thrilled to have you here and we can't wait to share your story with the listeners. We were just talking before we started recording about how juicy it is and so much good things that came out of it, but also some really tough things that you went through. And so I have here right next to me your amazing book. I hope it can show up on screen, Burned Out to Lit Up. And it's an amazing read, a quick read, which is great. You cut out all the fluff. Before we dive into the book and some of the wisdom that you share with your clients now, tell us a little bit about how you got to that point of burnout in your own life. What were you doing before and how did you know that you were burnt out if you did? Then what happened after that? Yes, thank you. I think my story is like so many other people's story where it's just, you know, you're doing all the things you think you're supposed to be doing. You know, you're working hard. You're checking all the boxes, you're making as much money as you think you need to, take care of your family and yourself and your community, and you're a good person and as best as you can be most of the time. And uh, in my case, and like a lot of people's case, you get so caught up in doing all of this stuff and meeting all of these external expectations that as your plate gets more and more and more full, you just kind of keep trying to, you just think, oh, I can be a little more efficient. I could just do that one more thing. And then what happens is we systematically, step-by-step step, remove all the things from our schedules that actually nourish us and maintain our resilience and sanity and health and well-being. And so for me, it was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't need to go on those morning runs or I could just eat this quick snack instead of something useful. I could sleep less. I don't need to see my friends. Like I, bit by bit, you just think you push your own needs. And they're not just fun things. They're not extras. They're actually requirements for thriving and for surviving first and then thriving. And you just kind of push them lower and lower until they're so far down the list, you actually forget they exist and you never do them. And because mm -hmm. of that, your resilience goes to nothing because the way that we show up whole and well in the world is that we actually take care of ourselves and are full happy, multidimensional humans. And we forget that we need to do that. And so as far as how I knew I was burned out, I didn't. I was just, I thought, oh, well, this is how it is. Everyone's running around busy and crazy. And I guess that's just life. <laughs> I just sort of resigned myself to yeah. it. And especially here in the Bay Area, it seems like everybody's crazy yes, busy all the time. Yes. It's always just go, go, go. It it's was. such the culture. Yeah, it's the culture and it's common and it's boring and it's everything mm -hmm. else, but it's just what it is. And I was doing the grind as a real estate development person, as a housing developer in the Bay Area. And it's a very grindy culture. And I did that for 15 years, doing all the things I thought I was supposed to be doing. And then an emergency happened. And that's really how what sort of really sort of smacked me to attention so that I had to actually step back for a second, look back in at myself and see just how wildly unsustainable it was. I mean, there had been signs along the way, like me snapping at people at work and just acting like not, not right. But again, you just, we sort of just bat those away and think, what are my other choices? This is just how it is. It's how people live. And then the emergency happened and it forced me to make a change like is true for, I think most of us. 
Yeah. I think mm -hmm. Oprah talks about whispers, right? So you have these whispers, those signs that you were talking about that show up in your life. And if you pay attention to the whispers, you don't have to get smacked upside the head with the brick wall. Yeah. But yes. if you ignore the whispers, eventually they get bigger, louder. And in your mm -hmm. case, and many of us have experienced some emergency, something that we didn't expect to happen that smacked us upside the head and made us pay attention. Mm -hmm. And so I want to skip forward, we'll dive into the details, but I want to mention that when you and I last met in person, it was at these beautiful gardens near where we both live, and we got to take a lovely walk in the middle of the day, which mm -hmm. is so different from what you're describing. Luxurious. Like to allow yeah. that to happen in yeah. your life, to give right. permission to, whoa, that's yes. right. So I want you to share with us that a little bit about that journey. So this emergency happened, it forced you to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And then what happened next? How did you get from that point where you were stuck in this grind, you didn't see a way out, and now all the way to the other side where you're like, you know what, I need to take a walk. I deserve to take a walk in the middle of the day. I put myself first. How did you start to create that space for you in your life? You know, it's the way in is gradual and the way out is gradual too. And mm -hmm. I started by actually fighting with myself, like, do I deserve this? Do I even have it that bad? What the hell is my problem? Like, why am I so complaining? Not even giving myself the grace to see that, like, hello, woman, <laughs> this isn't working, right? And you're not a fun person to be around, is what I also thought to myself. Mm -hmm. Like, when we get to these places, we don't realize what I've come to learn now, which is that taking care of yourself is the greatest generosity you can give to the world. And the reason for that is that we do not show up well when we are not whole and healthy, but we do when we are. And it has to start there. Like, why on earth do we think we can give anyone else the gifts of love, listening, caring, generosity, grace, if we can't even give those to ourselves? We don't even know how to do it. <laughs> so I had to start there and also not just deal with my own inner villain, but Frankly, the villains out there in the world, not that anyone's a bad person, but that everyone's coming from their own fear and lack and whatever else is going on in their lives, right? We're all just people. And people look at you and you're about to make a big change and they say, oh, well, you'll never get your career back. You can't have a career gap. You'll probably never even get a job again. Yeah, <laughs> it's the death sentence. And it's, like, <laughs> it's one of the things that keeps our wings clipped tight. And one yes. of the reasons why we actually think there are no other options. But like I said, I was such a mess physically, emotionally, spiritually, that I just had to take this break. It was literally no longer an option. And when you get down to that point, it becomes um, much easier to put other people's thoughts in your nice mental trash can which I'm showing you guys <laughs> by making my arms into a trash can and throwing it. You just throw it out because it's not for you. You need to chart your own course. So, I like that. I need one of those trash cans to take everybody else's Sometimes stuff. you just, yeah. yeah, you just have to ask yourself, is this input useful to my life? Is right. True. Yeah. To it? If there isn't, you have to toss it. Otherwise, we'll, we just spend our lives, again, trying to kind of please and hustle for everyone else's approval, which is kind of not the point of like, our existence. So... Again, I knew I had to take this break, but I didn't know quite what I needed to do. And then I spent the next two years really just figuring it out, consuming as much information, practicing, experimenting, just doing what the next right thing felt 
to do and just getting reacquainted with myself, <laughs> what I thought, what I wanted, what I needed, all those things that I had completely chopped off because I didn't have time, I thought. So mm -hmm. it was just a very gradual process. I mean, one of the first things I did, the book is in three sections. The first section is called Making Space. We make space in our homes, you know, in our physical space, in our mind. We set boundaries and our schedules, and then we rebuild with things that actually serve us, habits, practices, vision, mindset, schedule stuff. And then we sustain is the final section, which is about resilience and joy and how those help us sustain our gains so that we don't just make this a short-term shift, but we actually make a lifelong shift into self-possession, where now we make choices that actually are healthy for us going forward. But that's what I first started to do. I did the Marie Kondo to my house. That lady's a genius. I mean, you can't do everything she says to do because no one has time to pull their socks like that. But I was going to use the sock <laughs> example. You just like, said it. I was like, but I, ah, this is no. so quick. I can't find my socks when I roll them that way, Marie. I'm just, <laughs> just take, take it. <laughs> personal liberty here and do my socks my own way. But I, I agree with that. It, like the creating space physically around you to say that this is like how I want to live and then starting to do that mentally, creating mental space. Like, how do I want to feel? What do I want to do? There's, it's like easy probably to attack the physical space first because it's just there. It's right in front of you. Someone can tell you yes or no, what to do, but yeah. to dive into the mental space. Yeah, you got to open up to that. It's a good first step though, the, the physical mm -hmm. space. And this is part of what, like all the specifics of some of what Marie Kondo says, I'm like, girl, I'm never going to have drawers that look like that. But the mental part is what I thought mm -hmm. was so brilliant about her work is that she is right. If you go through and you just go through this process of creating physical space, it does crack open space in your brain. She's right about that. It actually is a really important first step because then you start finding yourself open to possibilities and ideas and thoughts that you never were going to access before because you were in a state of frenzy, zombie, lack, insanity. And so now you're actually taking time. You're taking space. I started doing my morning walks again. I just started to very bit by bit chopping out the stuff that was driving me nuts, saying no to things, building in things that actually were helpful, and kind of rebuilding my foundation almost from scratch again. I like that in the book, you talk about when ordered properly, both the life and the work are so much better for it. So mm -hmm. how our culture orders work before life. Mm -hmm. And that is like the doom of all of us, I think, because life it's like work is just a tiny piece of life. And so when you don't think about your life, your lifestyle, what, how it is you want to show up and live, then work will consume it. It's like, it will, it, it, will. Will, it is the growing bubble. Mm -hmm. And that's such a simple shift, right? But you just raise, we all think, oh, work-life balance. I just hate that. I just hate that mm -hmm. phrase so bad because it just assumes that work is primary, which American culture does assume, and that everything else, your family life, your health needs to just hustle for a scrap or two of spare time. It's like, hello? That we are not, that is not what we were born to do. We have lives. Ideally, they're really cool and multidimensional. Maybe we play an instrument. Maybe we run triathlons. Maybe we have a sewing circle. I don't know what people are into. Just whatever people like to do, they have people that they like in their life that they actually want to spend time with. Whatever. 
Like we have lives. Work is important. I mean, we want to do good work, right? We all have bills to pay. Okay, yes, important. And the reason why it's so much better for it to order it correctly is, I mean, how many zombies do you know that are burned out that do good work, that connect with other people really well, that lead from a place of authentic vision and care, that can solve problems innovatively? I mean, I know when they I was all work at the DMV, those people are so happy. <laughs> oh, no, I was just not there because my kid's getting his license. It was a nightmare. Oh. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like we don't do good work. That's the thing mm. is that it's a win-win is the point I'm trying yes. to put in like neon in this book, yeah. like taking care of ourselves and showing up full and healthy and well actually makes us better at our work. <laughs> now we're creative. We can be efficient. We can solve problems without having to bang our head into the wall and force things all the time. We can allow things to happen in a way that will not happen when we are not in a good, healthy place. Yeah. So what would you say to the listener? If the listener is nodding their heads as Susan and I both are, because we've been through this. So if the listener is nodding their heads and they're like, oh yeah, that sounds a little bit like my life, where I've pushed out a lot of the things that are important to me, where I'm not the person that I want to be, but how do I know if I'm burned out and how do I, does it matter? And how do I start to find my way out? What would you say to them? What are some of the things that you guide your clients on to help navigate some of these challenges. I love that. The feeling is of overarching misalignment. You just are not feeling like what you're doing is what you need to slash want to be doing. If you really took five minutes to look at your day and how you spend your time, how it's allocated, you would see that the things that you list as important to you are not the things you're spending time on. That's one. Clients have described to me feelings of flat, colorless, a fuse that's about to explode, a system completely overpowered. One woman had like this kind of almost like a mini stroke. She was talking to her friend and she just couldn't talk anymore. And her friend was like, hello, you, you, okay? need, to, you need to take a break. Mm-hmm. Something that's is scary. not mm-hmm. right. So she health issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anxiety. Mm-hmm. Anxiety can be caused by a lot of things, but it's usually there's something trying to communicate with us that we're not doing yeah. what we want to be doing. For me, headaches, I get migraines. And when they start spooling up, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what Mm -hmm. am I not paying attention? Something is not getting Mm. attention with my body going. (laughs) Yeah. So we all have kind of different things that if you sat, even gave yourself five minutes to say, how do I feel in my body? Also, do I know if someone asked me, what do I like to do for fun or relaxation? And I don't have an answer which for a while I didn't. I thought that that was a Mm -hmm. stupid question that people like me Me had no time for. I was Mm -hmm. like, sleep. I don't know. I don't have time. I don't have time to even have this interaction. Or you have stock responses like, I don't know, be with my family. Like, well, what do you do with your family? And like, (laughs) are you an enjoyable person to be with as a family member? I sit there catatonically on the couch. (laughs) Right. I binge watch shows, which by the way, can be super cool, but whatever. Like there's a whole bunch of things. Oh, that you dread waking up, that you wake up with your stomach mm-hmm. in knots and that you've completely lost control of your day. You wake up and the first thing you do is you look at your phone and you think, oh my God, my emails are horrible. The world's going to hell. You become very reactive. 
Mm-hmm. You become mm-hmm. very much like, oh, I just have to bat away what goes on all day instead of waking up and saying, today, ah, I will breathe. I will think of something I'm grateful for. I will take, I will go on my walk. I will eat something decent. And then after I've decided how I'm going to do this day, I'm going to get into it. And yes, I can't control everything about it, but I can control coming into the day with um, a sense of self-possession, a sense of self-directedness, a sense of agency. And instead of being so reactive, a sense of being proactive, like, okay, this is the things I'm going to try and go after today. And I'm going to be open to whatever else comes. And I'm going to be able to be solid enough and centered enough that when things do happen, that I do not like, <laughs> I'm going to be able to manage those a little bit better. Yeah. Absolutely. I hear you saying like you're helping people recognize those whispers, like there's whispers there. If you have any thought that like, wait a minute, is this me? Like, oh, yeah, let's now dive into that. Like, oh, guess what? You've been being whispered to for probably years at this. And like, luckily, maybe you haven't been had to slap across the face. But even if you are in that point to identify it, to name it, and then to name like, what would it be like to be different? Just saying like, there is another path. There's another world. Right. That's pretty powerful. Do you have any client stories about just kind of like how they stepped aside and how they took that time for themselves and maybe what it looked like on the other side of burnout? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a client who went through this program that I created called Sabbatical in a Box, which it's a burnout recovery program, which is essentially takes folks through the book, but in like a group guided format. The course came first in the book after that, because I knew at that point I had it structured that it was ready for prime time. I mean, for her, she was the client who was describing just these feelings of complete disconnection from herself, from her loved ones, from her work, from her life. Everything was so dull and flat. And she didn't even know where to start. Like, okay, I want to have a life that I don't have to escape from. Currently, I want to escape. I'd like to wake up in another country, right? And wouldn't we all? And that'd be cool, except our mindsets and habits follow us. So we still have to deal with it. We still do have to to take a look at it. And she was not at a point in her life where she was willing or able to do that. And so she did this program that you can do from the comfort of your life that you're living right now and took her through the process. And it is very gradual, like I described. We just go week by week. There's very reasonable homework that people just incorporate, practices that they do. And it was like the sun started shining through the clouds for her. Like she started to see and be able to breathe and be able to just remember the things that she found joy in, like watercolor painting, for example, and prioritizing things that mattered for her. Instead of just doing that extra 15 minutes of emails to get a jump on the day, she would go take a walk in that 15 minutes and find that her energy level increased 50 fold by doing that versus just being sucked away. Let's face it, you guys, we could do emails 24 hours a day and never be done because the more you respond, the more other people (laughs) keep talking to you. I I mean, we don't need to be so freaking responsive (laughs) about certain stuff. Like, hello. I'm just learning that the world would go on. Like, Mm -hmm. she could take a day off and the world would just move on without her. And one of the things she did was she took a hooky day. She just went out to the beach one day. She just said, I'm not coming in. And she just walked around on the beach with her dog. And just that these things don't have to cost a million dollars or take a year. They're just practices where we build, I call it a sabbatical style mindset and way of being into our everyday life. We can build lives that feel real and fulfilling now and that we don't need to sort of throw in the bin and run away from. And we have these decisions in our power to do. 
And she actually found that when she was able to step back, she was able to stop doing all this busy work and start doing more thoughtful work. And the one thing I want to say, the one thing people can really do to move the needle is take things that are for you on your calendar, your kickboxing class, your yoga class, your whatever you do, your morning walk, put it literally on the calendar and act like it matters. Pretend <laughs> pretend like it's a meeting with like a really important investor or boss or something that you cannot bail on. Protect it with barbed wire because if we don't protect the things that serve us and that nourish us, they can't do their job and protect us. So protect it like it's a meeting with the president, like really And this is for a few reasons. One, if we don't do our ingredients for well-being, then we're not going to be well. That's just plain and simple. And two, when we blow ourselves off all the time, when we get to that point of our day where it says do the thing, and we once again delete it thinking, oh, but I should probably just do this administrative task in the house or whatever. (laughs) When you do that, you're actually telling yourself, you're communicating to you that you don't matter, Mm -hmm. that your needs don't matter. And then we're reinforcing to ourselves that we're not valuable. And unfortunately, we give that vibe to other people, whether we think we do or not. Other people pick up on the fact that we don't even value our own time. So why would mm-hmm. they? they? People yeah. look to us to see how we, um, we train them how <laughs> to treat yeah. us. And if yeah. we just blow ourselves off night and day, people think, well, this person doesn't seem to mind. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be that person. Yes. Yes. As I was listening to you talking about this, I wish that I had no idea what you were talking about. That I was like, <laughs> I've never been through that. I've never experienced that. Could anybody possibly do that to themselves? But <laughs> of course, I have been there on more than one occasion. It's tough. It's yeah. heartbreaking when yeah. you think about doing that to yourself. When you stop to think about it and you're like, oh, goodness, I can't believe I put myself last for so long Mm -hmm. and the impact that it's had on my life. And what I love about your story and what you talk about in the book is you went through this period of burnout, but you see it now as this gift that had you not Mm -hmm. gone through that, you wouldn't be where you are and you wouldn't have started to let the light back into your life. And same when you talked about the migraines as like a sign that something's off track. And if we just reframe how we see those things, those can really be clues to help us guide us toward what our higher selves are actually wanting to go toward. Yeah. And it happens to everyone. So we don't have to feel bad about it. We can just be like, Mm -hmm. well, join the club of human, human beings. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) but join the exclusive club of the people who can see it and take action to be able to make their lives something better and more magical, too, which is like it's a smaller club. But yes, (laughs) please join that club. It's such a much more fun club. I mean, the club. And to just know that it's not a end destination, like it just keeps getting better, too. I think we all kind of get caught in our old ways and little bits, too. And to be able to quickly recognize and change that or to just access newer and bigger levels of the kinds of lives we want to live. Like, I think it just probably keeps getting better. And I keep thinking about as we're talking that like, wow, it took me so long to recognize I was in burnout, probably like a year and a half before Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I think I need to try something different because I just kept making excuses of like, but I have the perfect career. I'm doing this. I have this. I have all the things. And so to just like be able to start to recognize those whispers sooner would have been a lot of help for me. Mm-hmm. We had, if we could just have this conversation four years ago, that would be great. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> 
I'll see what I can do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, um, I know we've covered a lot already, but I know there's so much more in your book. We're going to talk about how people can get a copy of that book or learn more about working with you. But before we do, we're going to move into the final part of our show, the Life and Money Show Spotlight Round. We're going to ask you three questions we ask all our guests. Cara, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So the first question is around your life and money. So share with us one thing that you're doing to live a meaningful and intentional life by design. Well, I am doing my best to practice what I preach, which means Mm -hmm. when I get off track, which every human does from time to time, things happen. I'm just much faster at noticing it, like you're saying, and getting right back on. So I'm like, well, we went off for a few days for a really good reason. X, Y, and Z thing happened. And instead of going and making it into like a whole melodrama, we're just going to say, okay, today I'm going to restart. And I'm going to, it's not going to be any big deal. I'm just going to get back on it. I recently joined a band. So I'm super pumped about the fact that my musical career is doing something in a very local way. Let's not go crazy, (laughs) but I play my guitar. I sing. I have these awesome ladies that I practice with. And it's just a source of fun and joy. And as my kids get ready to kind of fly the nest, I feel like I'm kind of starting to see some glimmers of what my future, um, I don't know, rock star existence might look like. So that's- You got to let me know. I'll be there at front row. Okay, I will. (laughs) I love it. Finding those things that bring you joy. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Second question is about others' life and money. So share with us one life or money hack, a tip, a resource, a book, something that's helped you on your journey that you think might help others as well. Okay. A couple books that were super useful to me that I want to point out. One, it's called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. And you probably know her. She's really the inventor of growth mindset, which people are thinking, yeah, growth mindset. I know about that. Well, I thought I knew it too. And then you read the book and you're like, oh, there's a lot more to this. Very cool, very useful, just to make sure that it helps snap you out of things that are you're doing and thinking that are getting in your own way. And where I can guarantee you, even if we feel growth mindset-ish in certain areas of our lives, there are definitely parts of our lives where we're sitting and fixed and mm-hmm. that's not helping us. So that's totally awesome. And the second book is called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And it is the most generous, gentle, thoughtful, beautiful book. And it should be called The Human's Way because I feel like mm-hmm. people look at the one well, artist. And what she says is we have creativity and magic, unique gifts in each of us. And we all have creative ways of doing something. And it's true for every single one of us. And it helps us the way she has it is like a chapter a week. It's like a 12-week journey that you can do like a guided journey. And it is so, so lovely. I mean, I highly recommend it to my clients and frankly, to anybody. Yeah. I mean, both of those things, creating and getting in touch with your creativity, as well as the growth mindset. I mean, I feel like those are at the core of what we're here to do as humans, the human experience, right? It's not Mm -hmm. all about the do, do, do. It's not about the emails and the meetings. It's about finding that thing that makes you you and bringing that to the world. So I love that you shared those two books. Those are excellent. I haven't read Carol Dweck's book, um, so I'll definitely add that to my list. You're right, though, that it's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably know what that's about. But the way that you talk about it is probably much deeper. So Mm -hmm. definitely going to add that to my list. All right. Final question is around the world. So tell us one thing that you're doing to help make the world a better place. Well, at the moment, I'm just trying to spread 
all the things you've been talking about to as many people as possible through the book and courses that I do. I have a free thing I'm doing now called the Burnout Book Club, which is super fun. It's twice per month. And then it's like a group kind of coaching, networking experience where it's like an accountability kind of sharing too. So it's a cool thing that people can sign up for on my website. And I just want to try to find all the ways to help reach people where they're at and help give them, first of all, hope that this absolutely is a way out. And second of all, a very easy to follow guide book for a step-by-step where they can know that, okay, this is the path, this is doable. And all I have to do is start one step at a time. Yeah. Your book in many ways and all the things that you're doing, I feel like they're like a lifesaver ring that you're throwing out to people. People are out there like treading water. They're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's no way out. And you're like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Things, but it makes such a profound difference. So with that, Kara, tell the audience if they did want to get a hold of your book or learn more about what you're doing, where can they go? My website is karahoosier.com. I'm on LinkedIn a whole bunch. I'd love to connect with you there. And the book is available lots of places. Books are sold, but Amazon is the sort of the most obvious for most people. And it's in paperback and in ebook and also an audiobook if you're a book listener type like I am. Yes. Great. Thanks. Well, we'll have all that in the show notes, but just in case somebody is listening to this while you're driving, I'm going to spell that out for you. Cara Hoosier, C-A-R-A-H-O-U-S-E-R.com so that you can check that out. Cara Hoosier, author of the book, Burned Out to Lit Up and Burnout Consultant, Sabbatical in a Box. You've created so many amazing things. Cara, thank you so much for being here with us and our listeners today. Thank you so much, Annie and Susan. And it so, has been really been my pleasure. I've loved being here with you. Thank you. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to The Life and Money Show, the show all about helping you to create a meaningful and intentional life by design. We hope that this episode has given you some good nuggets about how to navigate burnout if indeed you are in that position and uh, has given you some good nuggets and some insights to help you start to navigate, to reflect, and hopefully to start helping you find a way through that. For show notes or to listen to previous episodes, go to lifeandmoneyshow.com. For more information on how to invest with us to create passive income and build wealth for your family, please go to goodegginvestments.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe, share this podcast with a friend and leave us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you incredible new conversations all about life and money. Till next time, remember that your financial journey is a lifelong adventure and we're here with you every step of the way. Thanks for listening.